Hello, you beautiful souls, and welcome to episode three of Bergie's Better Tomorrow. If you haven't already, go ahead and click follow or subscribe so you can keep up to date when new episodes are launched. We are doing really good so far as far as the podcast overall. I'm very proud of its growth so far. Keep sharing it with your friends, family, helping me out. Thank you to all of my friends too who are doing so much to help me and support me. You guys are the best. I am pooped though. This was was this a busy week for anybody else? This was a long and busy week for me. I know it was a busy weekend for a lot of people. I usually record the podcast the episodes before the weekend so then I can just focus on work and homework over the weekend but right now it's 9 30 on the Sunday so 12 hours before this podcast is launched and I'm kind of ready for bed not gonna lie but I have things to say for you guys so I'm still gonna get this recorded so you can hear this I hope that you guys were able to declutter some area of your life some tips and tricks that Hope and I shared in the last episode. If you don't know what I'm talking about after this episode, you should go and listen to the last one because it was very useful as many of you had shared with me. So thank you also for your comments back to me. Very helpful and good to hear, especially to be able to share with Hope, who was my first guest on the podcast. This episode, though, we are going to be talking about how to find your personal identity, and maybe even live a regret-free life. Now, personal identity is something that is so complicated. I'd say it's complicated, and it's really hard, depending on what area of your life you are in, to be able to find that. And I don't necessarily mean what age you're at, because finding your identity really comes at any age sometimes. Well, usually it's something that is developed over time after you've gone through and experienced different things in life. So typically that's at a little bit older age than a child, but some of our identity can start when we are a child, if that makes sense. So no matter where you are, your identity is something that you can change to be your ideal self. So whatever identities you feel you are stuck in, This is something that I recently learned, actually. We are not kept in our identities. And that might sound really obvious, like, well, duh. You can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. I can dye my hair whatever color I want and wear whatever clothes I want. I know that. But other identities, I thought for a long time of my life that that's just who I was. Somebody would say something to me or refer to me as some group of some kind, I'm sure, and I was, that's what I thought that I was. Like, growing up for me personally, I was a pretty country kid. Like, I was into a whole bunch of outdoor stuff because that's the stuff that I would go and do with my dad or that he would take me to do, and the hobbies and values that he had were projected onto me as I grew up because he was my dad. He was the one raising me. He was there, And he was the one who I spent the most time with, so that's what I would see kind of in the last episode. We talked about how your environment is who you are. That's how it is growing up. So a lot of the things that we have when we're younger get brought up as we mature and grow older, whether we want it to or not, until we are able to realize that and then change it in our minds to whatever it is that we want instead. So with that country example of being very into outdoor stuff, when I was younger, 
I still am today, but just not nearly as in-depth as I was because I thought that I was, quote, like a country kid and more city stuff or keeping things cleaner and fancier was more of a high-class prissy type attitude. Is that a bad word? Is prissy a bad word? I really don't mean it to be a judgmental word. It's just the views that I had when I was younger. You know what I mean? Like a lot of my views that my dad had on other people, I started to to develop those same views until I realized that I didn't agree with them and I wanted different views. But that was a weird thing to realize because I felt like I was going to be letting him down in some way if I didn't have those same views as him. And then the question comes in, which view is right? Which view is wrong? And that was a weird thing to learn too, is that there's not really a right or wrong on a lot of things. It's more just your own personal beliefs because there's never going to be everybody agreeing on one side, even if it there's something that so logically is like, how does everybody in the world not agree with me on this thing? There's going to be somebody that has a different view. And so being able to learn what those different views are and being able to find out which one resonates best with you is such a weird thing to go through. Do you guys think about that when you're going through that or your view is changing on something? Whether it's in the instant of somebody persuading you on a topic or it's something that over time you're like, wow, I don't think that I like this anymore. I think that I'm going to do this or think this way instead in that instance or say this thing next time because I don't think that this thing is right to say. An example that I've heard brought up a few times on this topic is kids. Kids will typically be seen as quote the dumb kid or quote the smart kid but that's not an identity that you are held in forever. If you were the dumb kid quote dumb kid not trying to call anybody dumb here but if you were the dumb kid in elementary school you didn't understand anything didn't do your work didn't put any effort in failed all the little tests that you could didn't turn anything in I think I already said that one anyways you can grow up and be a straight A student in high school or vice versa if you were the kid in middle school who graduated with a 4.0 you can go into college and get fail every single class you aren't kept in that same thing just because it's what you are said to be, or you see it in athletes, people who are athletic in high school. They don't have the athlete title all the way through with them if they stop working out and stop being an athlete. Something else that is hard is about your personal identity is knowing what you even look like on the outside. That's something that is part of your identity too, is how you are on the outside. Body dysmorphia is a big one. That's a topic we'll get more into after a few episodes. I have some more details on specifically body dysmorphia. But body dysmorphia and other people's judgments, they go directly to our heads. People's comments and rude things that they say, we can take those in a lot harsher than we realize because we start to project what they had said to us into what we do and who we are. For example, I had no idea if I was fat or skinny when I was a kid. And I know that there's like in-betweens and I maybe wasn't either, but half of my family, one half of my family, when I would hang out with them, it was more like, oh wow, you're already that size, your pants are already that big, 
you're getting kind of big, that stuff. So I thought I was fat. I thought I was a little fat kid. And then on the other side of my family, they'd be like, oh, Marissa, you're so skinny. You're so small. You're so skinny. So then I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm too skinny. I had no idea what I really looked like because my image was swayed. My image of myself was swayed so much by what other people were saying. And I was taking that so to heart that it was distorting what I saw in the mirror when I looked in the mirror, what I saw in pictures when I took pictures. And then those started to project onto other people. I noticed I started to become really judgmental of other people because people were judgmental of me and I took it to heart. And when I was able to realize that, not only was I able to work on my own self-image and be comfortable in the skin that I am in, but I was also able to stop judging other people so much because I realized that they are just themselves in their skin and that's just who they are. That's not on me to judge them for, which is maybe something that doesn't line up with how my family would view people or some people of my family would view, view people. And that's another thing that's weird is we don't have to be the same as what we were before. Change is a good thing. Change is something that is normal and it's something that you should be going through as far as the more you learn the more you have a better idea of what things should be you know like if you've always heard one plus one is three until you see the math laid out of how one plus one is two then you're allowed to change and think oh okay I'm gonna believe that one plus one is two that goes with our mindsets our mindsets are also part of our identity that we hold and sometimes I've learned also this past couple of years that some personality traits that people or yourself might have are actually trauma responses and things that came up when you were a kid that you had gone through that started as a response to what it was you were going through instead of something that you maybe wanted to do, like actually wanted to do. Similar to habits, personality traits are something that you can also find out why you're doing it and then be able to then change the narrative of it to whatever it is that you want your story to be. I have this example from the book The Mountain Is You by Brianna Weist. Weist? Weist? It's a part of the book called Identifying Your Subconscious, your subconscious Commitment. And I really like this author's writing style and this part of the book, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it off for you. Part of the reason we often experience intense inner conflict or self-sabotage is because of something called the core commitments, which is essentially your primary objective or intentions for your life. Your subconscious commitments are basically what you want more than anything else, and you often aren't even aware of them. You can identify your core commitments by looking at the things that you struggle with most and the things you are most driven by. If you can peel back the layers of your motivation toward each, you'll find a root cause. When you find the same root cause for everything, you'll find a core commitment. People only seem irrational and unpredictable until you understand what they are fundamentally committed to. For example, if somebody has a core commitment to feel free, they might find themselves sabotaging work opportunities in order to achieve that. If somebody's core commitment is to feel wanted, they could find themselves in a series of relationships in which they have intense connections but refuse to make commitments out of fear that the spark will fade. If somebody's core commitment is to be in control of their lives, they might have an irrational anxiety about things that represent a loss of control. If somebody's core commitment is to be loved by others, 
They might pretend to be helpless in certain areas of life because if they don't need others, they may be left by others. But the most important thing to understand is that your core commitments are actually a cover-up for your core needs. Your core need is opposite of your core commitment. Your core need is also another way to identify your purpose. For example, if your subconscious core commitment is to be in control, your core need is trust. If your subconscious core commitment is to be needed, your core need is to know you are wanted. If your subconscious core commitment is to be loved by others, you need self-love. The less you feed your core need, the louder your core commitment symptoms will be. And that might sound like a lot of information that I just threw on you guys, but with that, I want you to be able to, when you're building your ideal life in your head and being able to think about the personal identity you want to have for yourself, don't only make it something that you want, but make it something that fits your needs. That, like it said at the end, the less you feed your core need, the louder your core commitment symptom will be. So being able to feed your core need will make sure that your core commitment symptoms don't come up and you're able to live a life that you know is one that is satisfied and will be continually continuously carried out well because there's not going to be those bumps. Well, there'll still be bumps in life, but there won't be those bumps that would come up if those core commitment symptoms were a lot louder, being a disturbance in the life that you're trying to build. And if you see somebody living a life that you ideally want to live or having something in their life that you ideally want to have, don't just take everything that you see from them and apply it to your life in the same way because one, it probably won't work out the same if you're doing everything the same as somebody else because you aren't the same people internally. You aren't able to handle the same things or find enjoyment in the same things, but we can learn from other people. So you can take little bits away from people, but still make sure that you're trying to, lots of different things to find what works for you. So like our activities that we do every week, that's something that you can try different activities and then be able to find out what it is that you like and what you don't like because you have an actual say-so of it because you've experienced it yourself and you have the first hand, you have the first say in whether it's going to be something you keep with you or... <clears throat> or something that you let go, just have as an experience in your back pocket, because things that we go through are also not just personal identity traits. Things that we go to go through, we can either keep with us as an identity trait, or it's something that we can let go and leave in our history book that made us who we are today, but isn't necessarily an identity that we hold on to in our present self. Your personal identity doesn't just go from the mindset and the outer appearances that we've talked about, but it's also the hobbies that you have, kind of like the activities that we try, the routines that you do behind the scenes, the ways that you think about other people, the way that you talk to yourself. That all goes into your personal identity and it's something that you have to try different variations of every little area of your life to find out what identity it is that resonates best with you. Find out what it is that you actually like and not what somebody else has suggested that you need to like or need to think, which it can be so easy to think about to yourself. Well, yeah, duh, but in an actual instance, especially in this world where everything is so trendy or pushy, it can be hard to kind of see through the fog into the light that you actually want to be in. And if you're somebody who already feels very comfortable in the place that you're at in life, then I'm, congratulations, that's very exciting to hear and I hope that it continues to go very well for you. But if you're somebody who's been feeling stuck 
or distant or not like yourself, like topics in past episodes that we might have touched on, if any of that has been resonating, maybe it's time to not only declutter like we talked about in the last one, but maybe try and find your personal identity. If that's not something you've been able to set or you have been timid of because of the judgmental people in the world, maybe just take some time to start thinking a little bit more about your personal identity because finding your personal identity and then being able to be comfortable in it is such a freeing experience. Being able to be 100% yourself and confident in what you do and sure of what you do, not just doing things because, oh, my friend did it, so I just wanted to be cool or, oh, my friend did it and they really like it, so I just thought that I would really like it. No, it's time for you to be the best you in that way, being able to do things 100% that line up with what you like or at least stepping out of your comfort zone to be able to try it out and then maybe go back if you don't like it that's totally okay being able to find that will also help you set new boundaries because maybe that's something else that has been loose for you is setting boundaries your personal identity can also be how far out or how close-knit your boundaries are set if that's something that you are comfortable with where it's at perfect again keep it there. If you've seen some issues with that, maybe switch it up a little, loosen them up or bring them closer. And actually something that one of my professors this term had told me is she said, your credibility is always on watch. That's another part of your identity is your credibility. So if you're somebody who acts one way in front of some people and then acts another way in front of different people or says like if you say something really nice to your coworker and then you turn around to another coworker and then you say really bad things about them and they catch you then your credibility is on the line or if you give somebody a promise and then you turn around and you tell somebody you break that promise or you share a secret that you weren't supposed to share and not get back your credibility is always on watch. So not only is it a bad image uh, on yourself, but that's also how like other people are going to see your personal identity is a not credible person if you're not somebody who can be credible or a very credible and trustworthy person. How do you want to be perceived? People are always going to have things to say, but what do you want them to say about you? And not that it necessarily matters, but being able to think about that stuff is something that could lead to a regret-free life is what I was talking about. Something that my father raised me and my brother on is living a regret-free life. And that, for me, is one thing that I have carried with me as maybe part of my personal identity from my childhood that was a good one that I carried with me. Living a regret-free life is something that, at first... I thought that that just meant don't do anything stupid or to just live a I don't give an F type lifestyle. But then as I was able to learn a little bit more, I realized that it's much more about being able to understand where you're at and what you have in the moment and whatever situation you're in, being able to think far enough ahead to know the outcomes and then be okay with whatever those outcomes are. So for example, I was somebody at a decently young age, I had lost a whole bunch of family members. I had lots of family members that passed away, and one thing that my dad would say is 
to always make sure that you tell people what you have to say to them while you still have the chance. That sounds really sad. So you wouldn't say that like after they had passed away, not like that. It was more a reminder before people would pass away or leave my life to tell them what I have to say because I don't know when they're going to leave. I really don't. I don't know when it's somebody's time to no longer be here with me. And I don't want to have a regret later of, oh, I wish I would have told them this. Oh, I wish I would have told them this. Those thoughts can weigh so heavy, so heavy on you sometimes. And I'm not saying I don't go through those the same. I'm just saying I've learned to live with not sharing things with people if that's what I've chosen. Because I think about it in the moment. If I'm deciding whether to tell somebody something or not, I think, will I regret it if I don't say it later? Yes. Okay, then I'm going to say it right now. Or I think, will I regret it later? No, I think I might regret saying it later. I might feel as though I should have not said it. Those are things that I think about or I've been trying to be better at thinking about before I say them. And then being able to accept once they're gone, once they're out into the universe and I've already said them. And losing multiple people at a young age, that's something that I became pretty familiar with, was not wanting to have any regrets in that way and that's now at the age that I'm at now I'm also a very straightforward say how it is person because I don't want to have regrets I also try and make decisions that I won't regret because I think about the outcomes that I'm going to have and I have to be okay with that based on the decision I make so if I'm thinking about how a decision I'm about to make I'm going to regret later. I probably won't do it because I hate that feeling of regret. But for me, that regret, I've tried to not feel as regret because that is too heavy of a burden for me to carry. I've tried to just let those things go, let regrets go so that I can live a regret-free life too, which is a harder topic to get into of how to let go of things. But being able to think about from here on out, having no regrets. Know what you have in the moment. Be grateful for it if it's something you're grateful for because a decision you make, you could lose those things that you are currently grateful for and you would regret that. Or vice versa, if you have something that you don't want to be brought into your life but you make a decision that brings that thing into your life, you could regret that. So think about what you're doing so you don't have regrets. And that's, it can honestly be hard to just sit down and think about things so long, especially if you have a short temper or especially if you're under influences by substances, it can be hard to not make regretful decisions. But over time, just like any practice, it's something you will get better at. And from personal experience of being able to try and live a regret-free life, not only does it make me more aware of the situations when I'm in them and I've become much more of an internal processor of thinking a lot more about things before I do them, but it has also just lifted such a weight off of my shoulders to not have to rethink a decision that has already been made. Sure, I'm still working on how much I overthink possible things in the future, but things that I have already made a decision on, I have learned 
to not overthink those too much because I have made the decision that I have and now I've just got to be okay with whatever that outcome is going to be because I had already thought about it. Sometimes I still get surprised by the outcome and it's not at all what I thought, but for the most part, it's something that I'm able to think about multiple outcomes and then be like, okay, if this is a decision I'm making, I've really got to be okay with this thing happening later or I got to reevaluate the decision that I'm about to make. Taking that weight and having that lifted off my shoulders is so, like, it takes off a stressor that I didn't realize was such a big stressor in my life until it was lifted. Does that make sense? Like, if you were to have a backpack full of rocks and you don't realize it until you take those rocks out, that's kind of how I felt. I felt like I had a backpack full of rocks and I'm slowly finding ways to take out those rocks and then I'll just have a light backpack and it'll just be me and my backpack hiking around. (laughs) Okay. Strange comparison, I know, but you'll eventually learn that I make lots of strange comparisons, so just get used to it. And going off that example of having the weights lifted, rocks out of your backpack, try and start that one today or sometime this, this week. This week's activity, I want you to sit down with a piece of paper, pen or pencil, somewhere where you're by yourself, and just think about things that make you happy. Whether it's things that you do, things that you wear, okay, and then think about things that make you stressed or anxious. Now put those down on a piece of paper, same piece of paper, and then look at your list of the things that you've accumulated in your life and try and bring the ones that you have on your happy list or your comfortable list maybe. Try and bring those things more into focus in your daily life or even a weekly life and maybe try and distance from those ones that are on the harder side to deal with, the things that make you more stressed or have a heavier burden that you carry throughout the week if you are focused on those things. And I know, I know, it can be really hard to try and do things that are out of your comfort zone if you have built this comfort zone around maybe dealing with all of those things that make you stressed and anxious. It can be comfortable to deal with those things. But... If you want to maybe live a regret-free life, I suggest bringing those good things more into focus so you can make sure that those are the things that you're highlighting when you are deciding what to do in a situation and that you aren't thinking about doing things that line up with the bad and stressful things. And then if you are completing that activity, let me know how that actually works for you. I really enjoy hearing your guys' feedback. I've gotten quite a bit of feedback from just the past couple episodes so please keep giving me more and then that'll also help me realize what I need to highlight in future episodes or maybe what I need to keep out of future episodes not that I'm gonna do exactly what you guys want me to do but I really do enjoy your feedback so I can make it what is best for you guys I have a lot of upcoming episode ideas I've got about the next 10 weeks planned out this one was not a beautifully executed podcast, not to criticize myself too much, but I have so many ideas and great things that I want to share with you guys, but I was really busy this week, so look forward to next week too. I'm going to be getting more guests on these podcasts coming up and you'll be able to hear other people's points of view on the topics that I talk about as well as my own points of view, which I think will be good so then we can relate to more people and you can find something that resonates with you. As always, I hope that you guys have a great rest of your week. 
I hope that you see something that makes you happy today. Maybe a dog will walk by you on your way to work or your way to class. Be sure you drink some water today and go get something to eat. Have a great rest of your week.